Good evening, LCM. Good evening. Tonight is June 1st, 2023. Man, passed away this, this year is rolling by quickly. It is a privilege to stand before my family this evening. It is also a privilege to stand next to Pastor Wade, the homiletic blade. Woo! Can you guys tell I'm excited? We're going to jump right into the scripture. See, Psalm 119 in verse 130 says, The unfolding of your words give light. It gives understanding to the simple. So without further ado, LCM, say without further ado. Without further ado. We're going to jump straight into the sermon. In fact, we've already really started. Psalm 119 tells us that if we engage with this tonight, our eyes and our hearts can receive light and the understanding that the Father wants to reveal from heaven. Are you guys excited? Yeah. All right. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 2. And as you're turning there, say there. Come on, Genesis chapter 2. We're going to start off in verse 15. It says, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it. Somebody say work it. Work it. And to take care of it. And the Lord commanded the man. You ready for the command? Yes. You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. Yes. Yes, Lord. So the first words of the father is to Adam in the garden of Eden, in the garden of delights is you are free. Wow. Uh, that is worth celebrating. You are free. Come on now, LCM. Somebody say, I am free. I am free. In the Hebrew, this is literally saying eat and eat. You, do you really have to tell LCM that they have to eat <laughs> and eat? We're we not talking about like you just went on your first date, so you got to restrict what you're doing. This is talking about like you went to your house and you're hungry. Somebody say hungry. Hungry. And you're going to eat and eat. Why? Because you're free to do so. You are free to get as much of the presence of God as you want to get in this house. You can keep going after it. You can eat until you're content. Now, as we're getting started here. Does anybody hear a laborious task in what God is giving to Adam right here? No. You're free to eat from any tree. Does anybody, does it sound like to you that Adam then had to go eat all the fruit off of every tree? No. no. He gets to enjoy the very garden of Eden, the garden of delights, and he is free to partake of what he needs to partake of. Church, I want to tell you something tonight. That with the great exploits that God is putting before this body... With the incredible things that he has right here in our midst on any given day. Can I tell you that you're not supposed to look at it as a burdensome event? You're free, church. You are free to accomplish what God puts before you. You are free to walk in the power of the Spirit. You are free because his burden, his commands are not burdensome. For those who love and obey him, those who are keeping the demands of his covenant, you have freedom to partake in all that God has for you. Somebody say, I am free. I am free. It doesn't stop there. Look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. We're going to take this in the classic 1984 NIV. Yeah, the OG, Pastor Matt. Look at what it says. It is for freedom. 
that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Woo. Now, why would Paul have to write this in Galatians 5? Why would, have to, why would he have to say it in this way? It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It almost sounds redundant, but it's not. There's a purpose. He's, he's putting an emphasis on what he is saying. In the Peshat, we know he's talking about circumcision. He's addressing the things in the Galatian church. That's what we've learned in Acts, in Acts chapter 15, the foundations. Are you guys being blessed by what's taking place on Tuesday nights? Oh, yeah. See, church, in Galatians 5, Paul was talking about a freedom that we have, a freedom that we get to stand in. LCM, our Father is able to make you stand. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if that really, uh, yeah. We're just going to do that again. Let's just, let's just pretend I didn't say that, and I'm just going to say it again. LCM, you get to stand in the freedom that you have in Christ. For freedom, he has set you free. And your father, your good father, Nolan Hewitt, is able to make you stand in this freedom. LCM, don't let yourself be burdened. Don't let yourself be burdened by a yoke of slavery. Not at all. You have a choice. Say, I have a choice. I have a choice. You have a choice to walk in power. You have a choice to walk in freedom. You have a choice to walk in all that heaven has for you. We are blessed abundantly in this church. The Lord is constantly pouring out his revelation upon us. When we hear prophetic words, when we're given direction by the word of God, this church is blessed and we are free and free indeed. Amen? Amen. I love the fact that the word has to help us out this way. Yeah. It's like me walking up to Christy saying, Christy, it is for love that I have loved you. Yes. It is for joy that I'm being joyous with you. Come on. It is for freedom that I have set you free. Why? Because we don't want to stay standing up in freedom. And the Lord is helping this house to learn how to stand up, to rise up in the freedom that he has given us, church. You don't have to turn here, but you know this verse. 2 Corinthians 3, 17. Now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is... Oh, come on now. Come on now. In the NET, it says that where the spirit of the Lord is present, there is freedom. Mm. Presence. Sometimes it just helps us to understand that where the spirit of God is, that's where freedom is. Yeah. Church, the spirit of God is present right now in this place. Can you feel it? The spirit of God is present in your lives. He's present in your homes. Can you testify to that? Yes. Therefore, you get to stand up in the freedom that he's given you. Now, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but in Genesis 2, it's the father that is talking about you are free. Come on. In our second passage here in Galatians 5, it's the son talking about it is for freedom that he set you free. Come on. And in 2 Corinthians 3, it's where the spirit of Yahweh is. It's where the spirit of Jesus is. There is freedom. You get a Father, Son, Holy Spirit testimony that you are free and you must stand up and walk in it. Hallelujah. So how, is it, how important is it that we take hold fully of the freedom that we have? Now look, there's another aspect of this freedom that we want to highlight to you guys tonight. Turn with us to Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7, we're going to take a look at verse 15. Oh, come on. As you're turning there, say freedom. Freedom. Check this out in the ESV. This 
becomes even more evident when another priest arises in the likeness of Melchizedek, who has become a priest not on the basis of a legal requirement concerning bodily descent, but by the power of an indestructible life. By the power, LCM, say power. Power. Of an indestructible life. LCM, the spirit of God that is presently inside of you is the manifest presence of the living God. See, in Genesis 1, he's hovering over the tohu and vavohu, his spirit is, and it brings things into right order. That same spirit is inside of us. It is a spirit that is indestructible. And we're going to drive this point home tonight. Hey, so when you're thinking about an indestructible life, you have an indestructible life. Okay, it's okay. We're going to help you. That's why we're here. Somebody say, I have an indestructible life. We did not say that you have an indestructible body. Come on. We said that you have an indestructible life. Yeah. See, that's what we can pick on young men, and we won't put in, pick on any young men in here, just outside. What is the deal with a young man? They feel and they act like they're indestructible. Yeah. What does you knowing and feeling like you're indestructible do? It causes you to be dangerous. Yeah. It also causes you to be powerful. Because you have no restrictions. You're like, yeah, I'm going to try that. Now when you're young, you're just dumb. Thank you for agreeing with that, Josiah Molon. Yeah. Pure honesty. That's an honest re reflection right there. Church, when you actually understand that you have an indestructible life, it causes your actions to be something that is powerful, dangerous to the enemy, and empowered by God himself. You have the power of an indestructible life that God has given you. Elsim, this is truly incredible. It's plainly written in Hebrews 7 that we have a power. The power that's at work inside of us is a power of an indestructible life. A couple Sundays ago, we were preaching and we, said, we were looking at 1 John. And it says, those who practice righteousness are righteous. And we had a hard time swallowing that, but it is the reality of who we are. We want to drive this point home. You, Nick Rosales, you have the power of an indestructible life inside of you. Elsie, I want you guys to repeat that after me. Say, I, I have, the power have the power of an indestructible life inside of me. Of an indestructible life inside of me. That is the reality. Not your thoughts, not your feelings, not your emotions. The reality is that God's spirit is inside of you, causing you to move forward. And it's proven by the testimony of your life. See, LCM, you are still here. See, in, in, in the midst of... You want some proof? Yeah. Yeah, you're you, still you, here. <laughs> you're, you were still here. Right? If you, if you could be destroyed, you wouldn't be here. No amount of hell forces can, can stop this church. And we're steamrolling everything that God is placing for in front of us. And I love what Pastor Wade said. We didn't say we have an indestructible body. We know that there's sicknesses and pain and things like that. We have an indestructible life because the spirit inside of us originated from our father. It is his spirit that is at work inside of us. LCM, no amount of adversity, no amount of difficulty, no amount of obstacle, Red Phillips, no death, no trial, nothing can stop us from moving forward in this power of an indestructible life that is inside of us. See, some of you guys, when you showed up, your marriage was in shambles. 
But look at where you are now. Look at what the Lord has done. His spirit has breathed into you and has caused you to show, caused you to see the testimony of his character that is at work inside of you. It is indestructible. That's why the enemy attacks us. That's why he attacks us in so many different areas, in our thoughts, even in our physical bodies, because he knows that the spirit that is inside of us actually cannot be stopped. LCM, you are indestructible. We want you to get used to saying that. Say, I am indestructible. I am indestructible. LCM, this is the same power that fueled Melchizedek himself. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is it's not based on a legal requirement. It's absolutely based on the power of an indestructible life. And we want to encourage you with, with a smile on our faces. Everybody here, walk tonight in this revelation. Walk tonight in this amount of power that you've been given that is absolutely indestructible. That leads us to the title of tonight's sermon. You ready for it? Indestructible life. Come on now. We are not ignoring the fact that there are physical things that we have to face. We're just not going to do that. There's sicknesses, there's pains, there's hardships. I mean, the whole enchilada, the whole shebang here. We're not ignoring those things. We're saying that those are signs of things coming against you. Those are what lets you know that you don't have an indestructible body, but you do have an indestructible life. I was walking in this this week, specifically on Monday. My wife is sick. She's got the crud that everybody else has. My daughter has a fever, a very high fever. All the pressure of the world, at least it feels that way, is upon me. My flesh, I'm sick myself. And yet, what is beating inside of my heart is the Spirit of God urging me on and say, Hey, take a look at Hebrews 7. Remind yourself of the caliber that you are from, of the divine nature of Christ, that you actually cannot be stopped. From the moment that he's transformed my life in 2015 and he has continually transformed our lives. Hey, we're immortal until our work is done. That's the attitude that we need to have. See, the Father is working this revelation inside of us because what happens when the people of God actually catch a glimpse and, and a reality of what God is doing in our midst? We cannot be stopped. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 16, hey, the gates of hell will not overcome. Gates cannot overcome you. It means that we're advancing forward. It means that we're trudging along. It means that we're stomping out everything that the enemy throws at us because the spirit of God cannot be stopped. Let us help you get a picture of this indestructible life. Turn with us to Woo! 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and we're going to begin in verse 7. Say indestructible life as you're turning. Indestructible life. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. It says this, but we have this treasure, this treasure of an indestructible life in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Come on now, church. We are all walking contradictions, aren't we? We are people who both have the power of God in us and we are jars of clay that are fragile and can bump over and chip or crack. We are the testimony in this tension between two truths that we are both jars of clay and possess a supernatural, surpassing, indestructible kind of power. That is what is being seen in your life. Just because you realize that on a particular day you feel more like a jar of clay than you do an indestructible life, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Don't go by what you feel. What you are is yeah. that jar of clay, but you have an indestructible life that yeah. is being housed inside of you. If you, don't, if you hadn't gotten this part yet, look at the next verse. But we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. 
Somebody say indestructible. Indestructible. We're perplexed, but not driven to despair. That sounds like indestructible to That's me. That's right. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Come on. Struck down, but not destroyed. Indestructible. That's indestructible. It didn't say knocked down. Oof. Oh, I'm sorry. See, I'm indestructible. It says struck down. This is like Paul in Acts 14, a man who is struck down but yet not destroyed because the power of the indestructible life was at work within him. So his disciples stood there, prayed for him, and he rose back up. That has to happen day after day. Look at what it continues to say. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus. Do you get a day off for always? No. no. <laughs> it's a really bad way to, question, to word that, but you know what I mean. Always. You don't get a day off from that. No. We're always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be manifested somewhere in the universe. No. Somewhere in a future tense. No. So that the indestructible life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. See, the revelation of this truth gives us freedom. You know what it gives us the freedom to do, church? It gives you the freedom to lean into difficulties. It gives you the freedom to rise up when you're being struck down. And after a while, you start going, I might even enjoy this process when God has caused our boundary lines to fall in pleasant places. Because we can't be stopped. Well, we're out of money. Doesn't matter. Well, I don't see how this is going to work. Doesn't matter. I can't envision this happening. Doesn't matter. You are walking in freedom because you have an indestructible life. That's what God has given to you. That's what you're walking in. Not some time off in the distant future, but right now. Come on now, church. When we can get a hold of this, we're not asking you to think differently today. We hope that you consider that you have an indestructible life. We're saying, rise up, saints of God. You have the freedom to walk in the indestructible life that you already have. What a difference that we are talking about. You are unstoppable. You're the body of Christ. You are the bride of the king of the universe. You are the church of the living God. And you will not be stopped. Not even the gates of hell can prevail against you. Because you are advancing in that power that God has. Somebody say, I want proof. Chris Rosor is a man that has the indestructible life of God at work inside of him. Hell has thrown everything it can muster at this man and his family. And Chris, you are still here, my friend. See, Spencer, a man like Spencer McLean has the power of the indestructible life at work inside of him. You can see the testimony of his life. All of heaven is backing him like it did the prophets of old. Keep Phillips. It's a man who walks in the power of an indestructible life. It doesn't matter what his day looks like. It doesn't matter what clients say to him. It doesn't matter how a trial goes. He is a man that has tasted of the heavenly revelation, and he walks in this revelation. Elsim, this is why the Remember series is so important. You can think back six months ago. You can think back a year ago. You can think back five years ago and see how God has brought you this far. It's to demonstrate that the spirit of God that is inside of you, Cody Stevens, it cannot be stopped. That's who you are, LCM. I love what Pastor Wade said earlier, that the revelation of the truth gives us freedom to lean into the difficulty. Hmm. 
It's one thing to regurgitate what somebody else says. It's something completely different to experience the revival that comes from having the revelation. I'm going to say that again. It's one thing to regurgitate, to just paraphrase, just to, just to say things because you've heard it before. It's entirely different to have the experience from the, that comes from the revival of having the revelation personally in your life. So much so that in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13, it says this in NIV. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. With that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. When we say belief, belief equals revelation. We say, I believe something. You're saying, hey, what God has revealed to me, I am taking hold of that aside. I believe it so much so that it's going to show up in my actions. Pastor away many times I believed. At least I said that I believed. But I've spoken without truly believing it. I've said the right things. I've, 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 I've quoted the right phrases over the years, but still felt the blanket of despair. Yes, yes, Lord, that's what your word says. Yes, pass away, that's true. Yes, that's life-giving prophetic speech. And it still didn't hit the market like it's supposed to in my heart. I can echo what other men of God are saying around me, but like the, but like the kind of weightiness and the authority and the experience that these men had with their words. I can parrot things back to them, all the right phrases, but still fail to feel the revival that they had in their very soul that caused them to stand in that power of the indestructible life. See, the Lord is helping me to get personal revelation, personal revelation that the men of old, the men of old had, revelation that made, those, that made those men say the things that inspired me. I needed personal revelation. Things that caused me to know that this indestructible life is the most tangible thing in my life. And I can see how God has brought me this far. Anybody with Evan Bolo on this? You've been inspired by something that a man of God has said. And so you're like, yes, yes, I'm going to try that phrase. Why didn't it work for me the way that it worked for that man? Because we recited something, we regurgitated something, but we didn't find the revelation in it which is what brought the revival in the first place. Man, isn't God good to us because what this house is building, you know what's happening in your lives? Do you know when you're sharing prophetic words with your team, you know what God's doing? He's giving you personal revelation. He's giving you the words. He's giving you what this body needs. And in doing that, you're finding that it's not just a mimicking of someone else. It, we so need other men to help and inspire us, don't we? Yes. We need our brothers to inspire us because of something that they've gotten. But what we're trying to do is take exactly that kind of revelation, incorporate yeah. the revelation into our life. Yeah. Not just the phrasing, not just the words, but the actual word coming alive in us. And yeah. that is what is happening in this house. We're watching it happen in your life. We're watching that power of the indestructible life come out as the revelation settles in and you are able to get revived. Those words that you are sharing are then become full of life. Yeah. Prophetic life-giving speech is what happens when you look at a valley of dry bones in your own life or in a brother and you speak what God says and you watch the life come back in. You watch that resuscitation, that revival happen there. That is what is happening. And I'm telling you, it's already happening in your life. Yes. Can anybody testify that it's already happening in your life? Yes. Come on now. I love this. 
Do you guys want to see examples of men who had the revelation that they possess the power of an indestructible life and walked in it? What about the prophet Jeremiah? In Jeremiah 20, we're not even going to turn there. Jeremiah's prophesying, and they put him in stocks. They beat him. They mistreat him. And as soon, it literally says in the, in the passage, the very next day that they released him, he turns around and prophesies to the men who are mistreating him. Why would a man do something like that unless he knew that the power of an indestructible life was at work inside of him? This is what the Lord is doing in his body. When you have this kind of revelation, your circumstances doesn't matter, regardless of persecution, regardless of how you're mistreated. What about a man like Amos? Amos is standing there prophesying on behalf of the Lord, and they're saying the exact same thing that they said to Jeremiah. Hey, stop prophesying. Go somewhere else. Go eat your own food somewhere else. Stop saying these things. We don't want to hear it. And Amos is like, look, I'm a shepherd, man. But nevertheless, nevertheless, the Lord called me. And I'm going to say what God wants me to say. If he cared about himself, he wouldn't have said that. If he cared about bringing glory to himself, he would have, he would have said, yes, you're right. I, I probably shouldn't say this thing because all you guys are upset. But we have men and women in this room, regardless of the threats that you've received, regardless of the accusations that you've received, regardless of the persecutions you've received, you've stood the test of time, LCM. Like Zechariah talks about the rock that is Jerusalem, that the nations will try to move will only injure themselves. Elsim, look at the things that have attacked your life, whether in your physical body or other, any other means. You are still here. The word says those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which will not be shaken but stand forever. That is who you are, LCM. Yes. What about the Apostle Paul? A man that was stoned outside the city of Lystra. Yet had brothers surround him and he stood back up, was revived in the spirit because he possessed and walked in the, walked in the power of an indestructible life and went right back into the city. LCM, these men walked in the freedom that comes from the revelation that they had an indestructible life. They weren't regurgitating the words of other men, even quoting them. They had true revival inside of their souls, and it showed up in their actions. They showed up in their attitude. And as a result of these bold men demonstration of zealous exploits, they dared to do great things for the kingdom of God. Church, the problem isn't when you quote someone what they've said. The problem is, is when we don't, are, aren't seeking after the same revelation that they got. Yeah. See, as this is inspiring us, as we're being moved, as we're learning a truth, we're supposed to go after that revelation and incorporate that into our lives and it move us in a way. Because LCM, we want you to know that you are empowered with an indestructible life. Yeah. You get to walk in that freedom that comes from that. We've seen revelation. We've seen men like Nolan Hewitt get the revelation that he is a secured son in this house. We've seen the revival that comes from the revelation that the body is ministering to the body. And you're part of that. You're the people of ministry is who you are. We're eliminating disparity in every way by treating our brothers as equal. See, we're learning more than just to parrot things back. We're getting the revelation of it. This is what comes from an indestructible life. Turn with us to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, we're going to look at verse 4. It says this, For we know, brothers, loved by God, that He has chosen you. Praise the Lord. Because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power, and in the Holy Spirit, and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. Yeah. 
See, the gospel that Paul was preaching was the gospel of power. It was attested to by the Holy Spirit and full conviction. See, in other words, he had a revelation and it was transferred to the people that he was speaking with. They were able to not just hear, but they were able to come alive because of the revelation. He walked it out. He displayed the power of an indestructible life to his brothers there in Thessalonica. Yeah, this is incredible. Did you guys hear at the end of verse 5? He said, you know what kind of men we prove to be among you. Paul believed so much in the revelation that he had. It was a revelation of the power of an indestructible life that it showed up in his actions to sacrifice for his brothers for their benefit. See, when you know that you cannot be destroyed, when you know that the substance inside of you, the spirit of God that is inside of you cannot be destroyed, Damaged, destroyed, worked over by the, by the enemy, it causes you to look outward and say, hey, how can I sacrifice for my brother? How can I sacrifice for the body of Christ? How can I support them? How, what is it? I need my brother. My brothers need me. This is what Paul is doing here for his brothers in Thessalonica. But it didn't stop there. You know the apostle Paul. He also did it for his brothers in Philippi. Look at Philippians chapter 3 verse 1. We'll put it up, put it up on the screen for you in the ESV. It says, finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same thing to you is no trouble to me, and it is safe for you. LCM, you know this passage very well. Thank you, Pastor Nick. Because in the NLT, it says, I never get tired of telling you these things. <laughs> I never get tired of telling you these things. So let's just turn to Jewel for a little bit. Let's look at this in light of sacrificing for our brothers. I never get tired of sacrificing for Pastor Wade. I never get tired of sacrificing for Andrew Tisdale. I never get tired of sacrificing for Elder John. This is who you guys are. And we have many examples of this. LCM, it is no trouble for you to lay down your life for your brothers. Think about the wedding we just had with the McLeans. You guys showed up to Ray and Ruby's house to, to put the wedding together, to support it. Like you, you, you took time out of your hands to come support with the work of God that God was doing in the McLean family. You showed up and you put your, your fate to action. What about helping families move? We just helped the, the halls move recently. We had the body of Christ show up just like Paul saying, hey, this, this is no trouble for me to do this. It is a joy because we walk in the power of an indestructible life. So it is a joy for us to do this. What about cars? We've been having a lot of car issues. Man, my car was... Yeah, my car was acting up yesterday. And what me, was beautiful, yeah, all of us. What was beautiful about that is my car is acting up, but I wasn't alone. I had pastors and brothers show up taking time out of their hands to help me because it's no trouble for them. They never get tired of sacrificing, being outward focused because of the power that is at work inside of them. It is a power of an indestructible life. And LCM, this is who you are. Say, this is who I am. This is who I am. Man, let's wear it because it is the reality of who we are. We want to tell you how proud of we are of you. We can see that the power of the indestructible life is actually at work in you. I watched Elder Charlie. Come on. Elder Charlie, I know I'm not supposed How old are you? You're 72, right? Come on, and soon to be 73. At 72, I watched Charlie on Sunday evening sacrifice for a brother in this church, helping him fix a broken car. Come on. on the way back from Denton, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know how, it, how easy it would have been for one of our elders to just call someone else and let them do it? 
He stayed there the entire time. Hands dirty, hands bleeding, and he, what he was doing was sacrificing. And that'd be one thing to, if it were only an elder. But we've watched this house sacrifice. We've watched you do it for brothers and sisters because this is demonstrating. David Hall is demonstrating that you actually have the power of the indestructible life that's at work in you. We've watched you do these things. We've, it's not unusual. We're talking about cars. Man, to see a whole troop of people around a car. I don't even know if we're being very helpful. But we're in it together. But you're sacrificing. You're not going inside. You're staying there. I've learned that from my brother. I'm like, I can't really even do anything. I'm going to stand out in the sun with him. This is what you are. This is what you already do. You're looking for ways to get involved in sacrifice. Not out of a great abundance that you have, but out of a great need that you have. Catch this for sacrifice before I hand it back over to Avambola. Sacrifice is always done out of a place of great need. You can give from a place of abundance. I actually need this. I need this sleep. I need this finance. I need this resource. I'd rather give it to you. Come on. Do you know why? Because my life is indestructible. Come on. I'm going to give from my place of need to my brothers. I'm going to give you the word that I need to have encouragement because I'm going to trust that God is with me and I will not falter and I will not fail in this moment so I'm able to give from a place of great need. This is amazing, LCM. This is who you are. It's how the, the one association continues to move forward. It's how we support our international pastors across the seas and it's also how we support each other domestically here in the States. Elsim, you've played a role in this because you know what you possess. You know that you have the power of an indestructible life that is inside of you. I love what Pastor Way said earlier regarding the, the car example. Surrounding the car, you're not necessarily sure if you're, you're of any help, but you're there. You're in it. You're with your brother until the issue is solved. This reminded us of the nameless armor bearer in 1 Samuel 14. His name's never written down. He's not looking. He's, he, he doesn't have the revelation that, uh, that Jonathan has. Jonathan is telling him about it. He's like, hey, man, yeah, whatever you say, I'm with your heart and soul. Elsin, that's who you guys are. You don't need all the details. You don't need all 20,000 steps. You're like, yep, that sounds good to me because I love you. You love the Lord. I love the Lord. Let's do this. Let's, do, let's go together. This is who LCM is, and this is what's built this church. Look at Acts chapter 4. We're going to look at Barnabas. Look at this incredible man of God in light of sacrificing. Because when we know that we possess the power of an indestructible life, it shows up in our actions to sacrifice for our brothers. Look at Acts 4 in verse 36 in the NET. It says, so Joseph, a Levite, who was a native of Cyprus, called by the apostles Barnabas, which is translated son of encouragement, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and placed it at the apostles' feet. Notice that this wasn't taken from Barnabas. It wasn't like, hey, you have this Barnabas and we're taking it away from you. No, he freely gave it, gave it away. Barnabas was a man that was free. He knew what God, he knew what Jesus had done for him, and he, he, took what of, what, he took what was his, and he laid it at the brother's feet and said, hey, you guys do whatever it is that you want to do with this. He walked in the power of an indestructible life that showed up in sacrifice for his brothers. I love what the Lord is doing in this body, LCM, because you are men and women 
who have the power of the indestructible life that you cannot actually sacrifice enough for the house of God. You cannot sacrifice enough for the house of God. And you do it from a place of joy. You can't sacrifice enough for your brother and sister. More evidence of that, look at your team unity formation meetings. Look at your unity meetings. Look at how you're sacrificing for each other. Look how you're making decisions for each other. Look how you're looking to put your brother's needs above your own like the irreducible minimums that all the article says. LCM, this is who you are. You cannot be deterred, Assad, from looking for another opportunity to joyfully sacrifice for the benefit of others, even those across the world. Isn't this what Psalm 116 says? Look at what it says in the, in the ESV, picking up in verse 12. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Amen. When you see that word render there, it's to return. It's to give. I will joyfully lift up the fact that I have an indestructible life. Yeah. Like, here's a toast to you, Lord, with my own life. I get to joyfully do this. We're not lamenting. It's not a burden. We say, yes, we get to give unto him. I have the freedom to give and to give. I have the freedom to sacrifice a time and time again. I am confident that I can never outdo God. I'm not doing it because I want to get something from him. I've already received all that I need from him. I want to sacrifice to show him that power that is at work in me. To show him my love. Because it's not a chore. It's a great privilege. Come on. This is not the attitude of a few in this room. Come on. This is the attitude of this family of believers. Amen. It's not a heavy or burdensome thing. It's liberating. Come, somebody say it's liberating. It's liberating. My God, when you're not worried about what you don't have. Do you know why people out somewhere else don't sacrifice? It's because they're afraid that they won't have what they need when they need it. They don't actually walk in the power of an indestructible life. We're saying that's not possible. We're saying that I'm going to give this, especially when I do need it, as a sacrifice unto the Lord. I will repay the Lord. I will return to the Lord. I will render to the Lord that which is His. Because he has given me everything anyway. I want to do this. I don't want it to be seen by men. But by God, I do want to do it with other men who were there in the presence of God's people. That we might sacrifice completely for the kingdom. Look at First Chronicles chapter 29 verse 14 on the screen. Look at what David says to the Lord. But who am I and who are my people that we should, we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from your hand, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. LCM, what do we have that the Lord hasn't already given to us? See, just like David, they're standing before the Lord, and David was a man that God blessed. And he, he, he could see the Lord has blessed his life so much. He said, Lord, we are only giving back to you what you've given to us. This is what it means to walk in the power of an indestructible life. You're not at loss. You're not lacking anything. We love the heart of David and we love the heart of the people of Israel. See, Romans 15 tells us that everything that was written in the past was written, written to teach us. We can see this example from David and the nation of Israel. They inspire us to imitate their faith. 
See, when I'm thinking about this, I can't, I can't help but think about how I want, I want with all of my heart, soul, and strength to jump into every opportunity so that I can sacrifice for the body, LCM, so I can sacrifice for you. I want to run towards the opportunity to have the Spirit of God that is at work inside of me and the Word of God that I'm holding like a double-edged sword being forged inside of me. In fact, Pastor Wade, as, as, as the difficulties arise, as the, as the persecutions arise, as my body is screaming no, but my spirit is screaming yes, move forward, the hotter, the hotter the circumstances, the more difficult it is, it only proves that we, LCM, we have the power of an indestructible life that is at work inside of us. And we were, we were working through this and we were thinking about this, and there were many examples in the Word where men of God were walking in this revelation, but there was one that stuck out to us the most. We're going to go there. Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3, we're going to pick up in verse 16, and we're going to read through 18 in the ESV. Look at what it says. Shadrach, Meshach, and you know I'm going to do it, and one bad Negro. They answered and said to the king, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, listen up here, Nebi. We have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he would deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Somebody say indestructible life. Indestructible life. LCM, these men were not ashamed of the way of life that they live, and they certainly were not ashamed of the message that they had to deliver yeah. to King Nebuchadnezzar. How does this not make us think of Romans 1.16 when Paul says, hey, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of salvation to save first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. Yeah. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are standing there as ambassadors of God because they are walking and they've taken hold of the power of the indestructible life. See, Dick, you can kill the body, but you cannot take away this life. See, we serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. And LCM, that is who you are, regardless of the trial that you face. See, in fact, as the furnace gets hotter, these men were being forged by the living God. See, that furnace, was, Nebuchadnezzar was so upset, he had them turn up the furnace seven times hotter. Seven times hotter. But look at what it proved. It proved, it tested these men's metal. It tested them in such a way that it showed that the all-surpassing power of God was at work inside of them. See, most men want to save their lives. When you're having to stand there in front of a fiery furnace and you have the option whether or not to bow down, you notice that when this first happened at the beginning of the chapter, everybody else bowed down except these men. It's because the power of an indestructible life was at work inside of them. They were in touch with the things of heaven and it caused them to stand. When you say that the fire of the forge tested their metal, the word there in the English language is not metal. Yeah. It's metal, as in testing the courage of what's going on. Yeah. It didn't test whether they had a, a lead-based item in them. It tested their very courage and their substance. That's exactly what goes on when we are tested and put in a forge. But because you know that you have the power of an indestructible life, you're not looking to get away from it. You're looking to run towards it. You're looking to get involved and have your opportunity to have your metal, your courage, your character, what, is God, what God has put on the inside of you tested, refined. What's the difference between a furnace and a forge? 
A furnace is bringing heat to tear something down. A forge is creating something and purifying it along the way. We are looking to jump into the forge of God's word, the forge of his spirit, the forge of testing and difficulty that our metal might be tested rightly. These men are walking in the power of an indestructible life, LCM. Church, this is the kind of freedom that we have, the joy, the exaltation that we have because of God's working inside of us. And this comes as a result of revelation. Look at Isaiah chapter 54 in the ESV. Isaiah 54 and verse 16 says, Behold, I've created the smith who blows the fire of coals and produces a weapon for its purpose. I've also created the ravager to destroy. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed. And you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication from me, declares God. The entire forging process is part and parcel to the kingdom itself. It's what the kingdom of God is made of. See, when you have the revelation that you, somebody say me. me. Right now that you have an indestructible life, you know what you do? You stand up. You freely and joyfully walk forward. You walk boldly with your head held high. Even as enemies are creating weapons to try to end you. Because no weapon forged or fashioned against you can defeat you because you have an indestructible life. Look at the threefold expectation. They will not succeed. You will refute every tongue. Isn't that amazing? It's not even the Lord that's refuting the tongue that's speaking against you. It's you. This is the heritage, your inheritance for those who have an indestructible life. It's God's vindication from his very throne that he is working on your behalf. This is what it's like for you, LCM. This is where you can set your hope and your expectations because this is what God has said for you. Look at what it picks up in verse 24 of the exact same chapter. Look at what happens. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, true, O king. He answered and said, but I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like the sons of like a son of the gods. Elsim, how incredible is this? Not only. Not only could the furnace not stop Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because they embraced the refinement of the furnace and walked in the power of the indestructible life that they had, it so much so caused a testimony to go forth from their lives that it impacted the lives of other men. Do you guys see what Nebuchadnezzar said? He first started with, them, with him throwing them into the furnace. And now as a result of these men standing firm, as a result of these men being complete, unashamed, bold, unwavering in their faith because of the power of the indestructible life that is at work inside of them. Did you catch what he's saying? I see somebody in their midst. We threw in three, but I see four. See, what happens is when you walk in the revelation that has been given to you of this power of an indestructible life and you embrace the forging process to test your metal, to test your character, and you jump straight into it, you press right into it, what you find is that the king of glory is in your midst, LCM. He's in your midst, LCM. Think about how many times that you've pressed into this, how many times that you've walked in this revelation and you've seen God come through again and again and again and again and again. 
See, LCM, this is what is, the Lord is causing to rise up inside of our hearts because this is who you are. This is no different than Revelation chapter 1. John is on the island by himself, but because he embraced the refinement process, yeah. because he loved it, because he knew that the power that resided inside of him, the spirit that was driving him on was a power of an indestructible life, Jesus manifested himself to him, and the revelation that John had was a blessing to the test, as a testimony to his brothers, and it is a blessing to us to this day. LCM, this is who we are, and this is what we get to walk in. So much so that Psalm 85 just plainly says in verse 11, look at it in NET. Faithfulness grows from the ground, and deliverance looks down from the sky. Isn't that what just happened in Daniel 3? Isn't that what happened in Revelation 1? It's what has hap happened in your life, LCM, and it is what God is doing here, and it is what he's going to do in the future. You can have confidence, LCM. Say confidence. Confidence. That you have the back end of heaven and all of its resources. LCM, you can be confident that you are not lacking a single thing. Amen. Paul McEwen, you're not lacking anything, my friend. Brandon, you're not lacking a single thing at all. Justin Treaser, you're not liking anything. You have all of heaven's back, and it's, it's why men of God could stand in those days because they knew the God that they served, and they lived, and they possessed, and they walked in the power of an indestructible life. Come on, turn with us to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Church, when you're walking in the power of an indestructible life, even if they can kill your body, they cannot take that indestructible life away from you. And as a matter of fact, every difficulty that you go through is an opportunity for God himself to come right there in your midst, right there in the fire of the forge with you. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8 says it so clearly. And God is able to bless you, bless you abundantly. I mean, like abundantly. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. You do know, because you're LCM, that the abundant blessing that God has is so that you can abound in the good works that he wants you to do. These things are inextricably linked. So what you could say is this. You have all you need. Somebody say, I have all I need. I have all I need. So I'm free to give all I have. Let's say it again. You have all you need. I have all I need. So I can, I am free to give all I have. So I'm free to give all I have. Can you feel that? See, Matthew 10, 8 says, freely you've received, freely give. Proverbs eleven twenty four says, one person gives freely, yet gains even more. Wow. Come on. That's how the kingdom works. The kingdom works that when you give freely from what you have, you give free. We're not asking you to give what you don't have. We're asking you to give freely of what you do have. And when you do that, do you know what it shows? It shows that you're walking in the freedom of the power of an indestructible life. And God entrusts you with more. When you freely give, you don't have to worry about not having enough. God will make sure that you have all the provision that you need. Why? So that you can accomplish his will. He's watching you. He's watching you walk in that power. He's watching you walk in that freedom. He says, that's a man I can trust. He's giving everything away that I'm putting in his hand. Let me make sure his hands are never empty. Amen. Yeah. It's true. Come on. This is kingdom, folks. This is a kingdom principle. 
Take a look and turn with us to 2 Timothy chapter 6, verse 18. Look at what it says. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Elsim, this is you. This is you, Elsim. You are freely giving, and you're doing it joyfully, following the command to be rich in good deeds. That's, that's who you are, and that's what defines you. Elsim, you are both generous and willing to share all that God has given you so abundantly. We're living in such good times, LCM. The world might be acting crazy all around us, but you see what God is doing in our midst? People are getting married. Children are being born. Lives are being transformed. We have an abundance. We have all of heavens back in with us, and you are giving generously of what you do have. See, LCM, you are laying treasures by doing this and walking in this revelation of the power of an indestructible life. You are laying up treasures for yourselves that act as a bedrock of the age that is to come. What you're doing here, LCM, is going to benefit the generations that are after. Matter of fact, they're benefiting you now. They're benefiting your kids now. But think about the implications that it has on the generations to come. Think about the implication of what Barnabas did by selling his field and putting it at the apostles' feet. Look at how it blessed the church and look at how we're still being blessed today by that man of God and him raising up other men of God. Elsim, this is who you are. You have taken hold of the life that is truly life, LCM. Because the life that you've taken hold of, Justin Linton, is a life that is truly indestructible. Man, let's take hold of it, LCM. Let's walk in this revelation. Let's do it all the more. Let's fan it into flame because this is the spiritual reality. See, heaven and earth is, heaven and earth is going to pass away. But this revelation that you're holding on to inside of you, it's never going to pass away because it originated with the king of glory, LCM. For our final verse of the evening, turn with us to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, and we're going to begin in verse 9. Somebody say indestructible life as you're turning. It says, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. It doesn't say you will be brought to fullness. It doesn't say you might be brought to fullness. In Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and every authority. Church, you have been brought to fullness in the revelation that you've received. You've been brought to fullness until you're sacrificing everything that you are. You've been brought to fullness and so you're leaping into the forge of refinement. You're able to go and go wholeheartedly at it. You've been brought to fullness in Christ so you have all you need and you can be free to give all that you have. Amen. You've been brought to the fullness of an indestructible life. Somebody say, I'm full. I'm full. Somebody say, I'm really full. I'm really full. That's because you have an indestructible life. Church, we want to let you know that he is the head over every power. He's, over, he's the head over every authority, and he is in you. Can somebody say amen? Amen. The one who is greater 
is in you, empowering you, helping you to live in the same indestructible way that he did. Church, we want you to know that you have the power of an indestructible life right now. So here's our response tonight. You ready? Our joyful response tonight. The step of freedom that we have to take is we're going to act boldly. We're going to dare greatly. We're going to try zealously because failure is not our master. You don't have to even consider whether failure is your master. The king of the universe is your master, and you have the same indestructible life that he does. Stand to your feet. It's who we are, LCM. Let's get used to saying it. I love what the Lord is doing in this body. You possess something that the world cannot take away. So with that revelation that you are already walking in LCM that is presently inside of you, that has been demonstrating your whole Christian walk, and the Father is, is showing you again and again that you possess this, let's worship the King of glory for who he is. Yes. Never mind what's going on out there. doesn't matter what it looks like, our bank account looks like. The only thing that matters right now is to take hold of the power of the indestructible life that is at work inside of us. Father, we thank you for the work that you're doing here in this body. Father, we thank you that it is your spirit that is at work inside of us. Lord, it is the spirit of truth. It is the spirit of the power of an indestructible life. And Father, we thank you for all the things that you're doing here and now. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you've knitted us together, that we can walk in this revelation that it is ours, it is ours, and it will bless the generations after us. Lord, we give you all the praise, the glory, the adoration, mighty God, for who you are in the name of Jesus. Come on, church, are you alive? Are you filled with an indestructible life? This was an inspiring word. Genesis 2-7, which came right before where they read in verse 15, gives the start and beginning of it all. God formed man out of the dust. So yeah, we're all made of dirt. How about that? Yes. And the first thing that God did before he commissioned man to do anything is that he breathed through his nostrils the breath of life. The Spirit of God entered into what his hands had formed, and he became a living being. Now, after becoming a living being, he then had work to do. God made a garden, placed him in the garden, commissioned him to work it, to keep it and then told him that he was free and free to eat he already understood he was free to work he was free to guard it but he made sure that his son was going to be nourished during the entire process starting with breathing into him his spirit and then giving him everything that he needed to be fueled in order to accomplish that work so where does that leave us well, I asked you earlier if you were inspired by this message. You know, the word inspired means to cause somebody to act, and particularly in a creative fashion. Or it can mean to 
inhale, inspire. Were you inspired tonight, church? So the question really is this. You're inspired to get the revelation that you already have an indestructible life. Now, what do you do with it? How do you act upon it? You know, one of the major things that the guys shared about tonight is that having a revelation of an indestructible life inside of you, it gives you full confidence. Right? You guys know what I'm talking about. Kind of like whenever you go to a fair and you have an indestructible little motorized car that bumps into other people. Do you press the gas halfway? You press it all the way, right? Do you care about anything you run into? No. No, sure you don't. We are to walk with heads held high and actions that are full of confidence because of the indestructible life that God's put inside of us. So on a more practical term, what that means, I'll just start with the first one of sacrifice. You have the revelation that you already have everything you need because of that indestructible life. So you hold on to none of your own for the sacrifice of your brothers. And, and Pastor Wade said it true, something we can all relate to because us at LCM, we go hard in the paint. It's regarding sleep. How many times has it crossed your mind if I step up and say yes and commit to going and fellowshipping with these brothers, going to have dinner with this family, waking up early to go help so-and-so, or maybe just in the middle of the day, what would that cost me in my rest, in my sleep? Or maybe I can make it up in a few days later. Here's what I witnessed inside of this church. I've watched you forego the expectation of getting rest at all. I don't care how many days that it takes. I don't care what level of sacrifice I, I have to do. I am going to go help that brother. I'm going to go sacrifice my own comfort so that I can be in the same room with my family because they have what I need and I have what they need. Church, are you going to, or I would say family. Family, are you going to act upon the indestructible life that you've been given? Yes. Are you willing to sacrifice all so that others may have what you have? Yes. Pastor and Matthew and I were moved by tonight's message. There's what you know your brothers are going to share. And then there's what just happened in the moment. Yeah. We both believe that this evening was too good for us to pass up without coming to a razor's edge of what this looks like. You are the tip of the spear. You are the people of ministry. You are the ones carrying the gospel in your hands. So what ought change when we hear a message like that? Saints, we want to tell you, as the indestructible people of God, this should create a holy boldness inside of you. What you heard about Othniel on Sunday should rise inside of you. That means when Osad Robinson's at work and he feels like he has a prophetic message for a lost co-worker, that instead of calculating, he prophesies and does so boldly because he's indestructible. Amen. means when a young man like David Bonham is in his workplace, praying about how he'll be received for righteous conduct, you cease the consideration because you have an indestructible Amen. life, David Bonham. 
mothers in this house I'm looking at families that will be pastors wives this revelation has got to get down in us your children's lives are indestructible because they are yours there's no more protecting of them no more concern that they will be inconvenienced free yourselves of the fear of loss because you and what come from you are indestructible inside of Christ this means when you're considering memo am I fit to minister in this house am I fit to give a word to my brother will it be well received do I have enough enough with all of that you have an indestructible life means that men like Damon and Daniel Cho don't need to stand to the side and wait for someone else to do it. They're sons of God born of an indestructible life. So as you contemplate a message like this, and we prepare, engage just a little more with the Spirit of God. We're telling you that this word demands very specific, practical responses in your life. What have you felt like you were fragile in? It's time for you to remember that you are immortal, that your life is indestructible, that those areas of hesitation now fall to the ground, that you look at the brothers on your left and right, Cody, and say, I am fit to not only pastor, but to prophesy, to stand for God, because I have an indestructible life. See, there's a lot more that we're going to get to shake off as we engage with how we are going to get this done, you and me, Jaron. Because that man will teach the word and has an anointing for it. Ibrahim back there has proved to be indestructible. But I have a feeling as this revelation gets further and further down in him, that boldness that we see growing... It is only beginning to rise. That we're seeing a lion of God birthed over there that will take the gospel into the Middle East. Amen. Nolan Hewitt, I want to tell you, you've been my friend a long time. Your awareness of the indestructible life that you have, it is growing, my friend. You no longer need to fear being disqualified. Your father has already qualified you and you are fit to minister in this house because he gave you an indestructible life. You will not be broken. Same could be true of the said of the law hunts. What will you do differently when you walk out of here? What is it that you have feared that has been difficult for you to challenge that you've been concerned, Caleb, that it will cause you to be exposed? Turn on it with the indestructible life, brother. Really, at the end of the day, our reputations, our careers, our jobs, the perception of our brothers, it is all intangible, fading and passing away. But you've been gifted with one thing and that one thing is the only thing that matters. is the power of his indestructible life in you as a priest in the order of Melchizedek. We want to pray together and worship just a little bit more. But not the kind of prayer where it's just one or two people. Adam Cora just had a son. I want him to pray with us. Amen. Is there any other man of God that might pray in series as we stir ourselves up in the spirit just a little bit? Is there somebody who's anxious to run to the front that wants to be freed in an indestructible life? You begin to pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we lift up our hands to you who are strong and mighty. In your hand is victory, mighty King.
in your hand is strength and power lord we are built upon your foundation and there's nothing that will shake us lord we are committed to moving in an attitude of belief that you are more than anything that we face lord there is no circumstance no wall that we can't climb over and break through mighty god we are committed we're inspired to run faster and harder in your ways mighty god and not looking back but exactly where you have us pointed. Father, we believe in the indestructible life that you have given us, and we say, bring it on. We shout to the enemy, bring it on, for you cannot overtake me. The Lord will save us, whether by many or by few. We will not wait for them to come to us, but we will go to them. Mighty one, that you would line up enemies, Lord, that you would line up these obstacles that we might see your faithfulness of our indestructible lives. Lord, let it be put to the test in your presence, Father, because we trust in you above all else. Mighty one, let us stand with our heads high, Lord, and our knuckles bloody because you have brought us through. Lord, we trust your name. Lord, you have filled us with your spirit and your fire, Lord. You have put weapons in our hands to go. We are men on a singular mission to bring 